Today's guest is Travis Malin of Deeks Waterfall. If you guys aren't following Deeks Waterfall, you need to be. Travis is a super talented photographer, takes a lot of photos of dogs, tons of hunting content. He works with major brands in the waterfowl industry, and he's been a big inspiration for me. And I've been with Deeks Waterfall since about 2017. We talk about that quite a bit in today's episode and a lot of the stuff that Travis has going on. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Too Many Hobbies podcast. I'm your host, Brian Althorpe. Tonight, we're going to have my buddy, Travis Malin, on. Travis, how are you doing? Good, buddy. So Travis has been a huge influence on me and my my waterfowl photography since I started with Deeks Waterfowl, what, four years ago now? It's been yeah, a while. 2017, 2017, yeah. so it might be even six years. Jeez. Well, yeah. We're just flying through this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how about you tell these guys a little bit about uh, Deeks Waterfowl and specifically Deeks, where the name comes from? So Deeks Waterfowl is a is it's just a waterfowl company that we started uh, in 2017. Um, it's an outfitting service, so we do guided waterfowl hunts, upland hunts, etc. Um, and of course, as you got the ball rolling and things turned into things, I guess so to speak. Uh, started doing photography more geared towards the outdoors because I wanted images of uh, what we were doing, you know, for marketing purposes. Right. And then uh, went from that. And um, of course we've always done uh, waterfowl dogs, you know, it's kind of part of the game. Yeah. So uh, we had a really special dog and he's still alive. Deeks is his name. And uh, so we named the company Deeks Waterfowl. And uh, it's just kind of taken off and it has done what it's done, you know, but right. we'll, we'll, uh, we offer puppies, you know, we breed our dogs and then we do our outfitted hunts and we still do some online stuff, but uh, I don't know how long that will continue or maybe we'll get back into it. We'll just, we'll see where the road takes us. You know? Now you're you're in the Pacific Northwest, so uh, what what are the biggest places that you're guiding, or like what terrains and areas are you hunting mostly? Uh, it's mostly. Um, I mean, we do field hunts. We do um, we do upland. It's it's kind of uh, just kind of depends, but we hunt out of a hunt club as well for upland hunts, so they subcontract okay. us, and then. Uh, for waterfowl hunts, it, you'll you'll have anything from from field hunts as far as like you know pivots and circles and everything else you know cut corn to to uh, winter wheat all that nonsense to uh, yeah. just hunting hunting the big public land hunting uh, the big Columbia River you know we'll we'll do guided hunts on the Columbia River. So, and what what species are you guys most mostly targeting on the Columbia River? Um. That's the coolest thing about the Columbia is you can shoot almost everything. You know, I do, I do the, the Hunt 41, yep. you know? Yep, Um, And I think I'm 23 species in, and that's all right here. You know? That's crazy. No traveling involved, and I haven't even shot 
there's there's birds here that I haven't claimed on the on the challenge since I started because you know I started it when I was 37 years old. Right. Um, but uh, there's still birds here that are local that I can absolutely claim on there when I shoot them once again. You know. Right. But uh, you can shoot divers, you can shoot puddle ducks, you can shoot snow geese, dark geese. You can shoot just about anything here. You know, you don't you don't get into the big sea ducks or anything right. like that locally right here, but you can travel a few hours and do that. So yeah. So how far off of the the ocean are you actually? Uh, about five hours. Okay, that's not terrible. No. Not like my I'd have to travel when we did a sea duck hunt out in Massachusetts. It was like thirteen hour drive. So you're oh, way closer than me. <laughs> yeah. Who are you going? Uh, his name is Randy Drago from Codfather out or Codfather Guide Service. Yeah. Yeah, he was. That was the greatest thing I've ever been a part of. Like he is just top notch. He he was the one that took um, Jeff Coates out for the Drake episode that that Jeff was actually hunting out of a layout boat. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we ended up like hunting the same spot that that he took Jeff for eiders, and it was like, it was just such a cool experience. Like I, we don't get we get scoters here and there on Lake Erie, mm-hmm. but like we don't see sea ducks for the most part. Like we get old squaws here and there if you want to consider them sea ducks, but like do. we don't we don't get <laughs> we don't get eiders. Uh, like like I said, maybe a couple scoter you'll see throughout the season, but like. I wanted to go down and get a, a a Drake Eider for the wall. So okay, yeah. So we made that trip, but it was way further than going five hours. Uh the problem is like we're only five hours away, but if I'm gonna make the trip, I want to make it worth it, right? Um, because I want to hit those birds off that list. Um, so I've I've reached out to some guides that are successful. Uh. They don't like taking other guides hunting. Really? Believe it or not. Yeah. So, because on an outfitting service, I guess they see it as competition, but I'm never, ever going to go do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's way too far. Yeah. I'll hunt them by myself or with a friend, right. but to, to think that I'm going to be competition is insane because I'm not right. making that drive. You know? Well, so. it's, it's so much extra work to try and yeah. like scout those birds and scout the areas that you could even get to on the ocean and let alone that have the, the gear that you need. Like, I don't know what, well, you, you don't have a very deep boat, right? Nope. Nope. I have a 18 foot modified V, you know, so it's right. So that's not going to work. No, yeah. I mean, you, you can go on the, I'm guessing, I'm just assuming, but some of those, uh, the rivers that pour into the Pacific Ocean, you know, the, okay. you're getting diver or uh, sea ducks flying up those. Right. So, yeah, I could go hunt. I'm just not going to. It's just, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. I have a full time job on top of this stuff. So, right. I'm not like all much of us. Into it. Yeah, I'm not putting <laughs> that much effort into it. I'll, I'll pay somebody that can help me be successful so I can do this once or twice, maybe, you know, and then maybe there'll be something that's so fun that uh, I can do more often. But it's, right. I got news for you. I will never, ever move to a coastal area. Right. I have two OCD and getting salt on my vehicles with <laughs> any rust. A body shop every other week because I'd see a flake of rust, you know? Right. I, yeah. I couldn't do it. No way. I'd, no. 
no. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm not competition. That's crazy. Have you guys ever seen uh, Barrow's Golden Eyes in the Columbia? Um, they're here. Yeah, I've actually I had a guy shoot one with me one day. He was immature. I was still a little jealous. Yeah. But the, if you actually go inlet more or inland, um, our friends over in Idaho shoot them left and right on the Snake River. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's where I would try to get mine. I was there a couple years ago doing a hunt with some of the, the folks from Gator Waiters. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And uh, Mike Klein, who owns Drivewood Outfitters, um, you know, he, in Idaho, you can't guide people on public land. It's illegal. Got it. Okay. You know? um, but Mike's like, hey, I'm just going to do a buddy hunt tomorrow if you want to stay an extra day. Yeah. I was like, no, I can't. I got to work, you know? So I had to drive home and go to work the next day. So I drove home and went to work the next day. And about 8 a.m., Mike sends me a picture with two dead borrows golden eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> shut up, you know? You got to be kidding me. That's awful. That's the way it works. You know, then yeah. my, that's at like, my boss rolls in like an hour later and I just got a new manager, right? A new boss. They rotate people around all the time. Yeah. And, and of course I knew him already, but he's like, Hey, what's going on? And I was, I was like, Oh, I'm just kicking my own self in the butt, you know, for not staying in Idaho and hunting an extra day. He's like, what happened? And I, t- I told him the story and he's a hunter. So he gets it right. And he's oh, like, okay. Yeah. Man, why don't you just call me and tell me you need an extra day? <laughs> You're like, don't tell work. me that now. Like, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, that's that's yeah. insane. And how? They shoot so a lot. that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, like I've heard of people that shoot the borrows quite a bit in Idaho, which is just crazy to think. But like, I had a guest on previous the previous episode of this, and uh, he travels from Ohio to the Snake River because his wife's from Idaho, and like okay. they stay out there for months, and they just absolutely demolish birds on that river. I love the Snake River. I love Snake River hunting. Um, you know, the first time I ever hunted it was was with Jacob Heyer from Fall Weather Calls. Okay, yeah. Yep. Um, and it was just, we got spoiled, you know. The yeah. first day was, first day was all right. I mean, it was slow, actually, but I still had fun. It was a different experience, you know. You, right. Every time you go somewhere new, and for me, and I'm sure it's the same for you, it's it's no longer about limits, right? Right, that, yep. I've passed that stage of my life. Yep. Now it's all about the experience. Of course. All about yep. memories and all that stuff. And so the first day I think we shot, I don't remember. It was a slow day. But it was at least, you know, seven or eight ducks. You know, right. and it was like and he was apologizing. Sorry, it's so slow, yada yada yada. I mean, don't <laughs> ever apologize to me. We could choose zero ducks. I don't care. Right. You know. Um for me it's gotten to be about A taking pictures. Yep. And be watching dogs work. Yep. You know, that's it. That's all I care about. So, right. Of course, it makes it really easy to take dog pictures if there's dead ducks, but. Of course, yeah. I'll take dog pictures if they're sitting in their crate or right. they're, uh, they're blind. You know, I don't care. Yeah. So, um, the first hunt was all right. And then the second day, we made some adjustments and just went down river a little bit. Okay. And it, it was a smoke show. So, it was fast and fun and yeah um, and the way the golden eyes react on their river versus the way they react on the columbia river is i tell people all the time it's 
because hunting them here in Columbia is challenging. So I tell them, if you want to hunt golden eyes, if that's what you want to do, go to the Snake River. Right. And it's a, I can't even believe they're they're the same bird because they respond completely different. You yeah. Know? It's the way the way they fly. I mean, they find huge groups. You know, yeah. and here you're picking them off, and you know onesies twosies you know maybe a small a small small group but right they're here there's a lot of golden eye here there's not very many borrows but there's a lot of just common golden eye here yeah but to hunt them on the snake river is a whole different world and, and that's what it sounds fun. like yeah yeah so we get like late season here the golden eyes push down in the lake erie and like we'll get them in either groups of like like you said like not generally singles they'll mostly fly in pairs if they come in but it'll be like fours five six you know whatever or they'll come in in groups of like 20 and it's just like you're completely not expecting it but like by the time they make it down here dude they've got a bulletproof vest of fat and they're just like they're impossible like they're i've seen people chase them in layout boat like that like layout boat hunting tenders yep shoot a whole box at a golden nine and not die like they just they don't give up i think golden eye hens are the toughest bird on the planet i don't know why i would believe it i just i back when i would hunt out on my aquapod i don't remember like some of the pictures i have of that thing yeah i would hunt on the aquapod and i would chase those freaking hens all the way across <laughs> that columbia river yeah and just like watching them dive and come back up as they're crippled you know like yeah now it's a little easier in a motorized boat. Like I'm right. a little sucker, but um, <laughs> in, in a paddle boat, no, right. not happening. Nope. So when you started hunting, would you were you always hunting on the Columbia River? I'm trying to think that far back. No, I, there's a couple of uh, there's a refuge here, and uh, there's a couple refuges, and then there's um, some tribal land that allows you to hunt that we okay. go to it's like it's 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 the same thing as something wma it's a draw system got it um i think if i remember correctly my first hunt was at one of those places you okay know? but um that was a long long time ago and that's where we started and, and we hunted the columbia river as well but the, as far as the first hunt was not on the columbia but my first year was spent on the columbia as well yes okay okay so, I've learned I've learned the Columbia. I've learned the, the migration patterns of the birds, and then you know when I can expect them to see them in this place, and when I can expect to see them in this place. And if they're not here, then I can probably assume that they're going to be here, right. you know, and and just kind of follow them around. Yeah, I mean that's pretty. That's how, like the progression of it. Like you start yeah. to learn the area, and then you start to pattern the migration, and that's when you really start to like learn the areas that you're hunting. Yep learn learn the food sources if you find the food sources that's when you find what the ducks are really doing you know exactly okay yeah. i know what if they if they make this crop corn one year and then next year it's gonna be potatoes you know it just depends on right. where where the crops are and what they're doing you know so, yeah um i know where the widgeon are going to be where the bluebills are going to be etc you know right yeah that makes sense what made you like to make the change from just fun hunting to guiding um there's a couple of factors actually one was um i just kind of wanted something for my children you know like i just 
Okay. I don't want them to have to work for the man if they don't have to. You know, right. I've, don't get me wrong. It, it can be prosperous and you can make a great living doing it. I, I do, but I would like them not to have to. I want them to have that option of, oh, I can train dogs with my dad or I can breed dogs or I can be an outfitter if I want to. Right. You know, none of this stuff that I do is built for me to retire on. Right. I'd like to, but it's for them. Got it. You know, and that's where it started. Um, I just, my previous job, I won't mention the, the name of the employer, but I worked a lot and put a lot of effort into it. And um, it was always for them, you know? Yeah. And yep. I, I won't take everything away from them because they, they taught me a lot, but it was never, I never, I always felt like no matter what I did, I was irreplaceable tomorrow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yep. I don't want, I don't want that for my children. I mean, they're probably going to go through it eventually at some point, no matter what. Yeah. But I want them to know that this is the way I think of it. If you played sports in high school or middle school or anything like that, and you played an individual sport like wrestling, right? If you wrestle, if you lose that match, that's your fault. Right. You know? Yeah. If you win that match, that's also your fault. Yep. If you win a baseball game, you could strike out every at bat you can have a horrible uh game in the field but you could still win right you know? yeah, yeah if you own a business and you do your own thing if you don't put the effort into it and show up every day of the week fail right but if you do only you get to feel that that um only you get to feel that that fulfillment you know right i yep. did this yeah. I made this happen. This is me, you know. Yep. So I want them to have that option. They don't have to take it. They can. My boys can go do whatever they want, you know. I chase their dreams and I'll support them for the most part. Yeah. With with all those things. You know? Yeah. But, yeah. Um. So far, it's Tripper has been the one that's been like diving into every little thing to the hunting yeah. to the training the dogs and all that stuff. But that's what I want for it, and that's how it started. And um. I also didn't like the way as social media grew and that social media presence grew, um, waterfowl hunters became, uh, I don't know how to put it nicely. They're not people I want to hang out with, you know? Yeah. So um, I wanted to change that, you know? And yeah. luckily I met some guys like you, Nick Robin, and some other fellows that were of like-minded, you know, and, and said, yeah, we're with you. We want to do the same thing. Yeah. So when I was growing up hunting, um, you could ask any other hunter for help and they would help you. Yeah. You know, you could ask any other hunter for advice and they'd give you advice. Today's world's not that way. It's not at all. Yeah. You know, so um, I don't want that to be the world, the hunting world that I leave behind. Yeah. You know what I mean, will I be able to touch every life in the on the planet? Nope. But. Yeah. I will go out swinging if that makes any sense. You know, yeah. I'll make sure that when a young kid asks me for help, I help him. Yep. And anybody that's involved with me or Deeks Waterfowl will do the same thing. We'll help yep. young kids. I won't help you if you're a jerk. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, you can pound sand, but yeah. If you're if you're a kid looking for advice and looking for help, I will help you. Yeah. You know, and I will I will help you learn it the right way so that you can also spread it the right way. You know, I, I want kids to think 
not a competition. It's not about who shoots the most ducks. It's right. not a kill fest. It's not about that. So I want the younger generation, the next generation, right, yeah. to learn the right way to do it, how to help and treat other people so that maybe we can have enough of an impact to put this thing on its head and and go back to the old ways. You know? Yeah, and I think that's, that's – well, and, uh, you know, to your point – before I got in touch with you and started, you know, becoming associated with Deke's Waterfall, um, you know, you, 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 as you progress in the industry, if it's something that you're really passionate about and something that you really want to get into, you can start with like the field staff, pro staff, all that kind of stuff. But like, you don't ever really feel like you're part of something. So, like, until I started, like, getting in touch with you and working with other people within Deeks, like, it, it's always felt like, like a family. And I never, like, I, I tried not to use that. I try and use it lightly and, like, really use it at times that I feel that way. But, like, when I started taking photos, like, that's when you and I connected. And then, like, I've learned so much from you and like met people within Deeks that have like helped expand my horizons that it's it's been nothing but a pleasant experience so what you're building is what i think a very positive thing and everything that you guys post all of your content all of your pictures everything is geared towards not just making piles and taking pictures of it. it's process the experience like everything outside of making piles and like the one thing that i remember from yeah it had to have been like five years ago when you said like we want to start bringing all of you guys together for deeks like making content and you're like if you take pile picks don't take them on the bed of your truck so like i've always like that's stuck with me and i'm like always trying to find different ways to like either pose birds if we are doing a pile pick or like it's really like helped my mindset of taking photos in the field and like i think that that's something that you need to hear because it's something that you've had an impact on but like that's that's what you're creating i think that that's a really cool thing i appreciate that and i'm humbled to be honest with you um <laughs> well. i that's the that's the goal right that's the goal is to change the mindset like not only just for content but like i don't know i was raised really old school my my stepdad is he's pushing 80 now but um just a firm set of values like you can't honor a, uh, a kill you know you can't honor a harvest by just throwing it in a pile right we we, we say pile pictures right yeah but like throwing it in a pile and go look at all these birds i killed you know right yeah like honor the process and appreciate the process before you ever appreciate the harvest you right. know and then once you appreciate the harvest once you do sorry i should go back once you learn to appreciate the process the harvest becomes that much surreal you know right. yeah and if, if if we can paint that picture that's that's one of the things i like about photography is you have the ability to paint a picture for everybody else in the world to see 
Right. And if you do a good enough job captivating that, then you'll touch people more than more than you will with words. Of course. You know? Yeah. And that's yep. that's the generation we live in is is everybody wants to see it more yep. than hear it, you know? So if you can captivate your audience or you can you can get people to pay attention by yeah. capturing that that process, but then you capture the the harvest or the kill or however people want to put it. Right. Um, you know, some people say don't say you killed birds, say you harvested it, whatever. Yeah. Um however you want to put that, if you can capture the what goes into it or what comes out of it, um, there's a lot more there than just, oh, look at this, you know, and, and right. people have been taking pictures of their, their dead bear or their dead deer or elk for as long as cameras existed, Yep. you know, so there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with capturing that memory. And I, I have pile pictures. I take a pile picture every time we're out, yeah. you know, um, I just don't, I'll post them here and there, um, more so because I like the way maybe the the clouds are in the background yeah. or the sunrise or the dog. That's what's going to get me posted to post it before the pile picture because I don't really care about the amount of birds. Right. Um, and I get I get some scrutiny that says you're an outfitting service and you never post pile pictures. Right. Right. Because I don't want to be like you. You know. Yeah. I, I want to change that perception because it's not a about the pile pictures for me it's not right. about the piles and i've got we've got a, a nice list of clients that are really good people and i have the luxury of having a full-time job so when when the guys come that are only about the piles even if we produce that pile for them you won't come back right i don't care how much money you offer me you're not coming back because I love hunting and I love all that goes into it. And you're not going to ruin that for me. Right. And I'm not going to help support your mindset. So if you want to come and join the process and love the process and engage in that, I'll have you all day long, you know? And if we yeah. don't shoot birds, I don't even make you pay for it. <laughs> I just don't care. Right. I don't care, you know? Um, and if we shoot birds, then, then of course I'd like to be compensated, you know, and then I'm going right. to charge you. But uh, there's not an outfitter out there that hasn't gone out to the field and got his ass kicked. There's not right. one, you know. So when I get my ass kicked, I just go oh, learn something today, you yeah. know. So uh, we'll just go with it, you know. And I have clients that are so loyal and such good people that they understand the game and they understand the process, and they will not let me go home for free you know yeah and i hate it i hate it and i love it at the same time i love the loyalty and i love how they appreciate yeah. the process but it's like man i just feel like taking money from you is just theft yeah you know, we got our butts kicked today it was a ton of work but i appreciate the fact that they want to pay and they they uh, that they appreciate all that's gone into it you know so yeah that's the way i like to build our business and that's the way i just not all about money it's not all about piles for me and it never will be so if you're going to involve yourself in, in the deep waterfowl organization or in any process of the game for me and it and it's about killing or it's about money see your way out yeah you know? it's i'm not there well i think it takes a lot of the stress out of it too like you know that you've built a clientele that 
not that you're not going to put in the work to put them on birds, but like they're in it for a different reason than somebody that's coming out from, you know, coming, coming for three days of limits. And it's like, they create that stress in the blind if it doesn't happen. And then it just radiates from there. Yep. Yep. I don't like the stress of it. That's one of the reasons I really, one of the reasons I really enjoy the upland stuff at the preserve because there's no pressure. Right. Know? Yeah. There's birds in there. Yeah. Things going to happen. You know? yeah. So uh, I enjoy that more and I enjoy the clientele. A lot of it's uh, a lot of the corporate clients, you know, they come yep. out and there's, there's really no expectation. It's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot at a bird. That's going to be yeah. cool. You know, better than sitting uh, in the office. Yep. Yeah. And, um, Fortunately for me, I've got nice dogs, you know, and and that behave really well, and they they get to see the dogs work, and they they give us compliments on our dogs, you know, and um, I don't talk about I don't think I've mentioned him on a podcast before, but Andrew Andrew's helped train Rip. He owns uh he started his kennel this last year. It's called Ironside um, Ironside Kennels. He doesn't call it kennels. Ironside Retrievers. Sorry. Yep. Ironside Retrievers, and he's done exceptionally well with rip and his own dogs um and andrew started joining me on guiding uh waterfowl hunts several years ago probably i'll say three or four years ago and then last year he started joining me on um the upland hunts and i the feedback that i've gotten is that people really enjoy the nice dogs you know really enjoy it i haven't heard any negative feedback i'm sure there's some out there you know but there always um, is yeah, we'll take the positive, and and I would like to hear some of the negative so we can grow from it, you know. But um, yeah, but anyway, working those dogs and having a a bird that I always know is there, you know, it's like yeah, I know there's a bird in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> You're just waiting for either the point or that tail to start going nuts. We got that. We got the pointers, and we got the we got the labs that we'll take out. We take the labs out too and let them flush. Yeah. You know, and it's been really good for them. So, oh yeah. Um, once once they're finished with their uh, HRCH titles, then we'll probably do upland titles on those dogs, just so that they're more breedable and that uh, people in the upland field can see their marketability as well. You know. That's so cool. Yeah. What? How many That's dogs like, are you up to now? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Remy. Well, the original the you know the original labs and then we've got our three british we got rip peach and uh blue so there's there's five and then i've got uh cash who's my white hair pointer and then andrew and i just went halves on another pointer because he's got uh he's got merle who was my old setter okay that uh was kind of struggling to catch on and uh, I didn't have time to deal with it, so I told Andrew, I will give you Merle if you can make him hunt. And, you know, we'll go from there if that right. doesn't happen. And he struggled at first, but Andrew helped Merle out, and Merle all of a sudden became a little badass, you know? Yeah. So, and then, anyway, Andrew and I just split a German Schweiger pointer. Okay. That's, that's a little bit older, um, but he's preserved hunted his whole life. Okay. So, um, and and the owners were moving to Chicago, and couldn't oh, take wow. him with them. So we just had him delivered on Saturday. 
His name oh, is wow. UConn, and he's a GSP, and we're going to add him to the to the lineup. Oh, that's so, so cool. But Andrew and I split him, and he's going to live at Andrew's house most of the time. Okay. And uh, Andrew's got a nice kennel system, so he'll be happy. But I I haven't seen a picture of him in the kennel. I've only seen videos of him on the couch, you know. <laughs> so he's getting spoiled. Oh, that's great. The least. Yeah. So I want to switch over and talk about some photography stuff. Um, Let's. Like when when you first started doing photos, like what did that look like? Was that part of your guide service, or did you just decide one day you were going to start taking a camera out with you? Well, it was part of Deeks Waterfowl. I wanted the marketing for it. Okay. And I was struggling to get team members. Not that they're. They had there was effort there, and they were contributing shots somewhat. But it's hard to ask somebody to give their full for free, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's hard to ask somebody. I I know what I want in my mind, and I know that the picture that I want to send out or the message I want to send out to the public, and but it's hard for me to to put that behind their lens you know what i mean right. yep. i can't put my perspective behind their viewfinder so i was like well like anything else if i want it done my way i'm gonna have to do it myself yeah you know so um kind of started down that road and this is where it's led us you know and it's it's been fun sometimes it's painstaking you know yeah as you know um you know, you, you first learn how to shoot an auto, and you go, God, these are garbage pictures. Yep. And then, yep. then you go, I'm going to force myself to learn manual settings. And then you start getting there, and, and then you'll get that that picture or two pictures. You're like, oh, my God, that's really yeah. good. Yeah. You know? And then you start dialing in your, your I don't know, I, I guess I could say I dialed in my focus, so to speak, of, okay, let me learn the lighting triangle. Let me yep. learn these manual settings. Let me learn that if I'm going to take a picture of a dog, I don't want any blurry feet or I don't want any blurry actions. And right. I have to have my uh, shutter speed at this amount. But if I want my shutter speed at this amount and it's gloomy out, then I need to back off my ISO or I need to back off my, uh, uh, my F-stop or whatever, you know. Right. So um, you learn all that stuff the hard way, really, yeah. you know. And, and luckily – the photography culture in the outdoor industry is a little bit more forgiving it is Uh, barely but it's noticeable yeah 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 if you're the new guy and you don't know what the hell you're doing and you ask questions people will answer you and people will help you yes once you know what you're doing and people are compensating you for it yep the help goes away (laughs) yeah Um, yeah I know there are some guys that are out there that are really good in the industry that, that helped me when I was first starting, when I'd have little, little stupid questions. Yeah. They never gave me the full answer, but they pointed me in the right direction, which was very nice. Yeah. Uh, but once companies started, you know, giving me money or giving us uh, products or, you know, you, you've seen the partnerships yep. that we have. Um, yep. That helped kind of just dwindled off the cliff a little bit, you know. So yeah. now it's. Now it's the point of don't bother asking questions because yeah. you're not getting you're not gonna get a response, you know. When you so, started learning the 
the fundamentals and the techniques and stuff of photography did you like how did you learn that did you go through youtube or did you just do it all in the field um youtube okay um how to set my camera up came from youtube right and then after i i got my camera thing so i I shoot a nikon d850 and what i looked for i remember searching i searched for birds in flight nikon d850 and there's a guy that used to shoot nikon all the time his name i think it's smart smith okay and i think he's shooting sony now but he had a plethora of nikon how-to videos uh, okay from the d500 to the d850 and i found a d850 video from him that talks about how he sets his camera up and then why he sets it that way okay right? so i set my camera up that way it's it remains that way today <laughs> um and they broke don't fix me, it yep if anybody <laughs> asked me for now i make changes now that i know what i'm doing more right um but when i'm done the settings go back right okay. i know what those settings are yeah i know my starting point that's where they stay um and anybody that asks me for help i send them that video and i say this is where you start set your D- d850 up this way um you can buy a canon you can buy a sony you can buy whatever you want right all those cameras are awesome but i don't know how it works right yeah yeah my help buy a d850 and i'll give you every tip i have <laughs> you know yeah. uh, and and to be fair the mirror the nikons the, you know the, the z6 that you had and you got yeah. the z7 now right no i have the z <laughs> this has gone we've gone off the deep end i have okay. a z6 z62 a z50 and i just bought the z30 okay but you don't have a z9 yet Dude, that's like $4,500 for the body. I mean, I'll say this. I will probably end up with one. Okay. But I don't need one. That's the thing. Well, that's what I said, too. (laughs) So we'll go off that deep and later. But anyway, (laughs) I can help with most Nikon settings because they're pretty much, they're pretty similar. Yeah, from from yours to mine, it's very similar. It's just the stuff that pertains to the mirrorless sensor that's different. Yep. Yeah. And I like that. And I don't shoot a mirrorless, but from what I understand, seeing your lens finder as an image, is that correct? Correct. So it's the same. It's like on the, the, so your D850, what you would see on the back screen would be what your picture is. It's the same thing. Like my my electronic viewfinder and my screen are the same thing. Okay, and that's not it for the eight fifty. Right. The eight fifty I only see the the viewfinder. And I don't yes. I don't use the back screen because it bogs down the camera just to make I don't like it. Yep. Um what people don't know and what they'll learn later on maybe possibly that they go down this road is the D850 to date has still got the highest like quality photos. Correct. Right. Um, as far as as far as what you can get on for resolution. Yep. And once you get that, once you get that one picture with that perfect resolution. Yeah. Everything else is trash. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. So when I edit photos, um, 
I get and, and I edit on a nice big Apple monitor. Yeah. Right. And if I see grain at all, I'm just like, nope, no. doesn't make the cut. Yeah. Doesn't make the cut. And I don't even edit them. Or maybe I'll edit them because it's like, eh, okay, once I drop it down to right. a JPEG and put it on a social media account, that maybe maybe somebody else will like it. I right. don't like it because I know what's there. Right. And some people just absolutely love it. I got a picture of one of Andrews of Andrews Chesapeake uh, from a couple weeks ago, and it was a far fetched photo. The lighting wasn't right. Everything was trash. But when I was editing the pictures, I mean, I took them anyway. I was like, yeah, well, right. I'm here. See what I'm I can like, do, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I took the pictures from the big, normal, raw photo. I was like, man, I love Willow's stance right there, that burger mouth. Let me crop it down and see what I get. And I'm like, uh, when I get the angle I want, when I get the depth I want, it's a little bit grainy. Yeah. And I have to talk myself off that ledge and go, it'll be okay, Travis, just calm down. Yeah. You know, don't throw it to the wayside yet. <laughs> and I, I edited it, and I was like, man, that looks pretty sweet if it's just a thumbnail, you know? Right, and yeah, yeah. I, I sent it to Andrew, and he's like, oh, my God, that picture's badass. You know? Yeah. Like, it is, but. It's, I, it's like the, it's the blessing and the curse of being a photographer is like, you see every imperfection in a photo so you're more prone to fixing it and like making it dynamite yep but like you could take a crap photo and like i mean like a perfect instance like i took this photo when we our dove opener like three weeks ago and my buddy brian who's who was on the the first episode of, of this season he um was walking back with his dog and he's got the he's got a shotgun in one hand his dog's healing next to him and he's got this dove in his hand and i had my z50 and i just happened to like i just like hip shot a photo and like it was so bright out i couldn't see anything so i'm like i think it was in focus like just maybe so like right. i got it back and i'm like it is just like that little bit out of focus and i'm like i can't give him this picture and then i'm like but what can I do so that I can at least give it to him because it's an he's an hour from me. I drove out there like I don't see him all the time. So I'm like, this would be a cool photo. So I edited it as like a vintage photo so that it would be like you would expect it to be a little grainy and like a little out of focus. Yep. And I gave it to him and he was like over the moon about it. And I'm like, but if but like I personally like I can see what's wrong with it. Yep. And it just bugged me. Black and whites will hide a lot of imperfections. Exactly. So I was like, eh, it's like black and white. And then I, I warmed it up a little bit. Like it would be like a yellowed out, like black and white photo from like back in the day. It turned out really cool. But like yeah. it was going to be one of those like pictures that was just going to go right in the trash. Like I was yep. not even edit it. Like delete out of Lightroom. See you later. I've learned that as long as it's okay let's say okay yeah, yeah. um okay by i take my pictures i'm probably the worst critic when you take your pictures you're probably the worst critic so when it's yes. okay by my standards for my own pictures i've learned um to edit you know when, when you take pictures you take a, a sequence of pictures for that one thing so you might have 20 yep. pictures for this one event yeah 
So I take the best picture out of that, no matter what it looks like, and try to edit it. Yep. And if it turns out okay, I keep it. Yes. Yep. I'm the will same I way. Ever, will I ever post it? Right. You know, and I will, I will drop them into the drop boxes for some of the clients that we have. You know, yep. um, and I am amazed at some of the pictures that they post because they like them. Yeah. And I go, that is. The, out of all the crap I sent you, that's the one you picked. You know? <laughs> it's and crazy. Stuff that I, that I like, you know, because they are high quality pictures. Right. Like I like this one for the depth, the quality, the the story behind it, like all of that. I love yeah. it for all those reasons. And you picked the trash one. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you people? You know. Right. Like, that's the cool thing about photography is every image is somebody else's perspective and their right. their perception is their reality and when they see something it tells them a story even yep. if that's not the story that was taking place when you took that picture you right know? so if they like something it's because it told them a story probably right know? or because something looks really cool but right it's likely because they're putting themselves in that position and they're going oh you know i love this picture because I, i'm there you know right yeah whatever reason i'm there or that triggered a memory that they have or whatever else. So it's really cool to, to, you know, I send Andrew um, a group of pictures. So Andrew and I have a deal where um, I don't pay for him to train rip. Right. Um, my, I pay for him with my photography. Got it. Yep. So um, Andrew gets pictures of his dogs working and stuff like that. And I'll send him a slew of pictures and I'll have a favorite. I'll yeah. you'll always have a favorite. Yeah. And I sent him a picture and he posted them up. He's like, why that one? That was my favorite. <laughs> why? You know? Yeah. Because that that picture is, tells him a different story. You know? Of course. Yep. Or that picture means something different than him than what it meant to me at the same time. Right. I've got a picture of Andrew with his, I can't show you because it's on my phone, with yeah. Andrew and his Chesapeake. Um, and it's a high quality photo and it's he's on the bucket in a hunt test. And he's his Chesapeake is the honor dog, and he's looking at her and she's looking up at him, and you can see the connection from our perspective. Right. You can see the connection like Andrew's Andrew's. What would I say? He's a little rough around the edges. You know what I mean. So yeah. when his dogs aren't performing, he's very cynical of them, them you know because they're his and he wants yep. them to be the best in the world right um willow who's chesapeake has some defining characteristics that make her a, such a pain in the butt to deal with <laughs> but andrew and her have a connection that yeah. most people don't understand and most people will never see but i get to see it behind the lens i get to right. capture those moments as i'm hitting that shutter over and over and over again and yeah. i them on the big screen and i edit them and i go this is the connection yeah. that I like to see. And I don't even know if Andrew understands it sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he right. understands the connection that I'm seeing there. Yeah. So I don't expect the audience to understand it either. What I know is that Andrew took what he felt as a connection in the photographs, and that's what he's posting first. Right. Versus what I felt the connection as and what I would post first. Right. And some of them I just don't post because I, I allow him to – have that satisfaction of like okay you post those pictures 
you know, for his right inside retrievers, I want him to have the ability to market that without me throwing it out there first. But right. I would like to. There's some pictures I'd like to post. There's some pictures that we've done for other companies that we can't post. And I'm like, right. Post it. Post it right now. Post <laughs> it right now. And yeah. I never post it. You know? I, I, I've had that before. Like, uh, what's been really cool about being a part of Deke's Waterfall is like, it's almost become like a media house. Like, these companies really do like, come to not just you but like even to me which blows my mind because i'm a part of your guys's uh you know this family of geeks waterfowl and like it's it's really cool to see like where it's progressed as far as like just from posting photos on social media to like where these now companies are coming to you to me for content and like it's just come such a far ways and i i've taken photos that i thought were just absolute bangers and i'm like they're gonna love this never it's they've never seen the light of day never seen the light of day and i'm like what are you, why like now i want to post them but like you said like you just you can't and it just yep. it irks me so bad i see them on my computer <laughs> and i'm like i i have them on my phone to show people but i'm like man like what what are they not seeing in this photo yeah i think it's because one we get emotionally attached to it a little bit there's some sentimental value 100 percent, yeah you know, and there's, and then as photographers, we pick ourselves apart, you know, so yep. we know when it's just a quality photo, but maybe that doesn't resonate with them as well as it does with us, you know? Yeah. Um, so we have to be open-minded to that, but at the same time, it, it, it still, it still takes a little piece out of you, you know? <laughs> it's there. Yeah. Throw it out there for the world to see. Yeah. Being a photographer, you're your, your own worst critic. Yep. You're a critic of every photo that hits the mainstream media, right? You're like, hundred percent. Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I can pick that apart. And uh, most guys that are in the industry can pick that apart too. Yes. But the average Joe can't, you know. Right. Um and that's okay, you know, but at the same time it's like that's I I hate Photoshop. Yeah. One because it just takes too long. I've yes. got, I think I have three photos that I've done in Photoshop that I'm very proud of, and will keep forever. And one of them will go on the wall eventually. But um, I just, I just can't do it with it. I, I can it takes way stroke, too long. Yeah, I can stroke and paint. Uh, and it's nice but oh, something happened but it's good um but i won't i won't spend the time in, in photoshop i have one picture that i took where i made it look like it was raining okay and it wasn't wasn't raining yeah um i made it look like there was water running down my daughter's hair down her hand um because of the rain yeah you would never know looking at that picture that it wasn't raining that day but uh, I just can't stand the amount of time it took. Right. And 
the it takes away frame doesn't but like some of that stuff just takes away from the story a little bit you know to me so i struggle with it at the same time i also appreciate what it can do to a photo right yeah that's my favorite picture of my daughter to date and i don't even have it on the wall yet but i will eventually i'll put it on a piece of metal and it'll go on the wall but you know um seeing stuff like that transpires cool but photoshop just to circle back, you can pick that crap apart. Yeah. You can, as a photographer and someone that edits photos, you can go, yeah, it's photoshopped. Yeah. yeah. It's got some heavy filters on it. This yeah. kind of the other thing, you know. My big and thing is like, telling the difference between like a cell phone photo and a DSLR mirrorless photo. Like, I, people don't understand, especially even with video. Video, especially because iPhone video is so compressed compared to like, what i'm taking on my cameras that like i can tell instantly as soon as somebody shows me a, like or if, if i'm watching youtube i can yeah. tell instantly when somebody's using a, an iphone video and it's funny because on my youtube channel like i, I would say probably 30 percent of my b-roll is on my phone and mm-hmm. like even I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice adding in iPhone video, knowing that I have this very expensive camera in my hands, like at my leisure. But like, they always say that the best camera you have is the one on you. So it's really difficult to like, it is, you know, it's tough. I think uh, there's a, there's a really good photographer, old, old photographer out of Texas named Wyman Mentor. Wyman Mentor, I think it's named. Uh, look at his stuff. It's old school, but he says the same thing, you know, like don't overthink the camera stuff, you know, just yeah. after the moment. Um, a lot of our videos stuff is, is done with the camera, but there's some cell phone stuff in there. Yeah. And, uh, Dakota who owns, uh, Drake media and Drake outdoors. Yep. Um, he bought a little, what's it, a DJI thing for your phone, a gimbal. Yep. And it takes phenomenal videos yep. with the stabilizer, enough that I bought one too, you know, yeah. and, and I absolutely love it. I bought it with the the uh, intention of using it for like little clips of training the dogs and stuff. Yeah. And yep. that marketability later on down the road, you know, yep. it's eventually that's where we'll go. But um, I haven't used it for that a whole lot. I just got it. The, I got it for Christmas last year. So, yeah. Um, but eventually I'll go with that. But we we took some video with his um, with the snow goose hunt that we did last year. And then he's got a turkey hunt that he filmed almost predominantly with that, I think. Really? And, uh, you know, because I've asked him, like, this image right here, like, I, I'll pause the video and be like, this is an image. Like, what did you film this with? He's like, on my iPhone, yeah. you know? <laughs> so you put that little gimbal on there and you can you can do some different stuff with it. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. The, the DJI app and stuff like that. But yeah. it's amazing what anything can do. So I would say for anybody that wants to start with photography, don't be afraid to start with your iPhone. It's oh, definitely not, not. Yeah. Necessarily the quality that's going to get you, it's the story you're telling. So if right. you're going to give people a different story than they're used to, to reading, I guess you would say. Yes. So yeah. Don't stand here in the upright position taking a picture of something because everybody does that right yeah get your i'll, I'll say it, will be correct get your belly in the dirt you know 
Put yeah. it down on your belly and give it a different angle. You know, yep. climb up on the ladder, up on the truck, and give it a different angle. Yeah. Um, do something different. You know, I want if people watch our pages, they'll know that I really focus more on the dogs than anything. Yes. And I'll lay on my belly so I can capture the same scene that the dog is capturing with yep. his eye view. You know, and I want to see the dog's eyes. I want that story to resonate with people. With what what's that dog seeing? What's that dog feeling? What's that dog doing? That's what I want to see, and that's what I want the whole world to see. Because yeah, dogs will always be man's best friend. You know. Oh yeah. So if you can see what the dogs are doing, and you can understand that, and you, that can resonate with you, you know, that's special. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people out there that are trying to like. I mean, they want to get into it and like, yeah, like you said, the easiest thing you can do is switch up your angles, you know, add some foreground, check your backgrounds, make sure like, make sure you're, you're using the creative part of your brain. And that took a while for me to tap into, like, I'd take these pictures and I was just like, this is bland. Yep. And then like through you and like other people that I've connected with, like, you start to see things in other people's photos that you really like, and you start to incorporate them yourself. And that's how you come up with your style. Yep. And that's the biggest thing is just finding a style that you enjoy that captures your eye and like gets you going and makes you want to go out and take more photos. hundred percent. hundred percent. And it's, it's hard for people that, I mean, it can be intimidating, right? You see these guys putting out these amazing photos and these amazing captures, and I still don't consider myself one of those guys that people go, "Oh my God, look at look at this person," you know, "Look at that person," you know. Eventually, I'd like to be there, but I don't consider myself that. And you know, I I try to be, and I see something that they do, and I'm like, I want to create that my own way. Right. I mean, yeah. I want to put my flair on it. I want to put the, I, w- I want it to be a Travis image, you know? So, yes. I would like for when people scroll through social media, they go, that's got to be a Travis picture, you know? Let me look that up, you know? So, I be know cool, before but... I even get to it. As soon as I see the picture, I don't even have to scroll back up. I know exactly what that was. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's, not, that's what I want, you know? Yeah. So, um, how you do that is is completely up to you how you interpret that is completely up to you right how you edit's completely up to you but the the fundamentals are learn lighting first yep. the lighting triangle and then um i've i've heard this advice from many people and i never even thought about it like it was kind of i'm not gonna say natural to me i just kind of always wanted to change the perspective of the picture from day one right so um i've always gotten it i guess but foreground subject background yeah if you can incorporate those three you know that will help you make images you know yeah so um sometimes i never even thought about that it just was just part of the process um and now that i hear it more often than not from some of these really really good photographers like oh yeah of course of course that makes sense you know (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was doing. hindsight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was always doing that. Yeah, foreground, <laughs> foreground, subject, background, and I am a sucker for overcast skies. Yes, you know? I'm a sucker for them. If the sun's out and there's no skies, there's no clouds, 
had anyone take the camera out. It makes images so tough. They're so harsh. Yep. Like overcast is like the natural diffuser and it makes that all the light really soft and it spreads it evenly. But like you just you also get that like that moodiness. Yes. Like you can bring in those clouds and like it just like really. I think a lot of people when you're scrolling through like Instagram or something like you always see not even not just like in the waterfowl world, but like in just photography in general. Everybody likes bright, light, airy, whatever the case may be. But then, like, as you're scrolling through, the one picture that you're going to pick out is that, like, moody picture. That always catches people's eyes. Absolutely. And then, like... No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, just the, the harsh light, it just, like, it makes editing more difficult. It makes the photos just don't pop the same. Like, yeah, you can have a really nice, like, sunset, but even that's going to be soft light. Like, you're talking, like, noon, bluebird skies, harsh sun. Your photos just aren't going to be what you want them to be. And the shadows are hell at that point. Exactly. You know, where I can can edit, I can draw shadows out of an overcast day. Yep. Um, I, I can't draw them out to some extent when the sun's just always on them you know right on that subject yep it's tough i i don't know if anybody notices this but i don't own a black lab and there's a reason for it (laughs) it's hard to draw that light out you know i know tell me about um, it yep cars (laughs) it's it's all the same way so there's a reason i own yellow labs and you know we have one chocolate but uh there's a reason i own yellow labs and there's a reason i own Fox Red Labs, I guess you yep. could say to speak, you know, because it offers that different tone. And when you put Rick behind a camera, he looks amazing. Oh, yeah. It's like Deeks looks amazing. I can draw every hair fiber out of him if I want to. Yes. You know, um, and to do that with the Black Lab, I can do it, but things have to align correctly to be able to yeah. do that. I don't have to have anything aligned correctly to get a good picture out of Rip or right. Deeks. You know, yep. so. Yeah, it's been that's been a tough thing for me, but I just instead of my the thing that I do to compensate for that is instead of only taking like a thousand pictures, I take ten thousand and then I have more to pick from. There you go. <laughs> You've got some amazing pictures of Boomer. I, I appreciate pictures. it. That's uh, to be honest with you, probably 95% of them have been on overcast days that I can like that I can bring in more light. Because if I'm if I'm shooting in like a really really harsh light, I have to have my shutter speed up cranked, and it takes all the light out of the subject to try and bring down the ambient light around the subject, so it's mm-hmm. not all blown out, and uh, that's been a tough thing. But generally around here in like waterfowl season, it, we don't have a lot of like bluebird days, and if we right. do, we're generally not hunting them. Yeah, I've I've learned that when I first started this, I wanted to I wanted to capture birds flying, you know, and I've yep. had a couple of good pictures of birds flying. Um, so that's where I then I get frustrated because not bright enough to capture those details with the shutter speed up high enough to yeah to get a really good picture. Um, most of the time when you're hunting, right? Yep. Uh, there are times, but 
there are those times the shooting's so good that you don't get the camera out. You know, I, it's like, yeah, it's just hot. Yeah. Um. So that was frustrating at first, and then I learned that it wasn't really about the pictures of the birds landing the decoys. Yeah. Although those are cool to the, to date, and I'd still like to take them. It's more about the process, you know. Yeah. So birds landing in the decoys are, I guess, part of the process, but they're not the heart and soul in the process. Right. You know? So um, the, the worrying about the gloomy days, like I used to not want to bring the camera out when it was really gloomy because I couldn't get birds. Yeah. Um, now it's like, hell yeah, it's gloomy. Yeah. Now I can- That's what you want. Yeah. yeah. Now, give me that overcast. Give me all that nonsense. Let that sun peek through it just a little bit. Give me those beautiful sunrises with the pink sky. Yeah. I think I posted I posted a picture of a hunt last year when Nick came to visit. Nick and Paul and Taylor came to visit. Yeah. And it was a cell phone picture because I forgot my camera. Yeah. You know? I was just so busy. Like that's a whole other story. But I have <laughs> I have these little mannerisms like if I'm gonna take the camera, it has to be by the front door when I go out the door. Got you know, my everything has to be loaded in the truck and everything has to be just a certain way. And that's my life. Like it's yep. really stupid. Like if my hat and my wallet and my key are not in the same place every morning, then I'm just not taking one of those items because <laughs> I'll forget it. You know? So uh, same thing with the camera. If it's not in the same place as I would usually put it, then I'll walk out the door and forget it. Yeah. So I forgot my camera and uh we took iPhone pictures and some of those iPhone pictures were phenomenal, but they would capture that sunrise. Yeah. Pink skies, you know, that pink and a little bit of orange. Yep. Oh my God. Uh, Every time it does that, and I don't have my camera. I want to just punch myself in the face, <laughs> you know, repeatedly. I've been there. Yeah. Plenty so, of times. It's, it's, am- it's amazing what you can do with those overcast skies, those gloomy days. You can do so much with them. You know, we uh, I took that picture last year. I didn't post it for a long time. I don't. I think I've got it on one of my either my personal um, feed or on the Deeks feed. And it's a Paul holding a cell phone. He's on his cell phone. And he's got the light from his cell phone, but it's got pink skies in the background and the sunrise. Oh, okay, okay. You know, and it's, that'd be sweet. It's a great photo, but I didn't post it for a long time. Yeah. It's just a little too grainy for me. You know? <laughs> but when you see it on a, if you see it on Instagram or something, you don't really tell. You can't tell. Right. I can only see it on the big screen. Yeah. You know? So um, it frustrated me. And I was like, I love this photo, but I hate this photo. Yeah. I'm not posting it, you know? And then I've got another picture of, uh, I posted one of, of a hunt in Idaho with get, the getaway or something we did. And uh, David's, in the foreground and then silhouetted and in the background there's just these purple sky and you can see the, the silhouettes of the ducks coming in on the hunt of a lifetime let me tell yeah. you um but when i look at it on the big screen it's grainy i hate it but when i put it on <laughs> instagram it's like this looks pretty darn perfect good. yeah yeah, yeah the compression yeah. Yep. yeah yeah so i get frustrated but at the same time it's it's fulfilling to see that when you put it put it on on Instagram or on on Facebook that it'll turn out all right. You know, right. It'll be okay, little buddy. You know, yeah. it'll be okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, you're not the only yeah, one doing it. Out. 
Right. (laughs) When you, when you look back at like when you first started doing photography and like seeing the progression of it, like at what point did you start to see that more companies were interested in your talents than, uh, and like moving forward, working with more companies, like at what point did you see that start to change? Oh, that's a good question. That's a tough question. Um, I know that once I invested in the good camera and went from iPhone pictures to real pictures, um, and once I invested into the, I actually got on my own head and said, I'm no longer going to be like, I'm no longer going to do pile pictures. I'm going to try and, and, and I post them still, but yeah. I want to try and focus on the process and I want to try to caption the pictures to where my heart's into it. You yeah. know, once I did that and was able to do that, um, then I was on board, you know, like, then companies started getting on board, I should say. Yeah. Once companies yeah. started getting on board, I was like, oh, okay, this is resonating with somebody. And then we did a hunt with the client. Um, and I, he'll probably know who I'm talking about, but I'm not going to say that loud because I don't want to say okay. his head. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we were out with him, and we did the first day's hunt, and we took some pictures, and we sat down and had a conversation at dinner. And and uh, he said, man, Travis, I've I've been a fan of yours before we ever worked together, you know? And I was like, hmm? (laughs) Yeah. You're a fan of mine? You know? (laughs) That's cool. You know, like, inside I was a little giddy schoolgirl, you know? Like, that that meant the world to me. Um, But to him, I don't don't know what the fuck he was thinking to say something like that to me. But it was, it felt amazing, you know? Right. Uh, Once that happened, um, I was like, okay, I think, I think I got this down. You know, I think I got it right. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, after that took place, COVID took place, and that was just deflating. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our online sales went like this. Yeah. During COVID, and and uh, it just, it, I had to put more energy into my full time job so that I right. could get that income. Um. Versus, you know, what I do on my, my, my personal business, you know. Right, yeah. It just couldn't produce to what I needed it to. So um, I lost focus for a little bit and wasn't able to put that back in. Now I'm just trying to figure out how can I never, how can I ensure that that never happens again? Right. How can I ensure that I'm not relying on online sales to make this thing turn? Right. Because the worst nightmare a father has is handing this company over to his children and having another pandemic of whatever sort right. fall on them and them not be able to handle it, you know? Right. So how do I make that not a thing? Yeah. And so apparently online sales suffer when nobody has any money. I don't know if you know that or not. Oh, that's an interesting concept. Right. So, uh, how do we how do we figure that out? So, companies will still market and stuff like that. So, I still had the photo contracts. I still had stuff like that. Um, People still love their dogs, even though I'm can firmly, I'm a firm believer, and I think a lot of breeders are that 
the pandemic also hurt the dog industry because yeah. everybody and their brother became a breeder in the backyard. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Um, I joke about it because you used to see litters on these uh, Facebook groups pop up. Right. And anytime somebody would post a litter, people would eat them alive for where's the DNA testing, where's yeah. the LFA testing. Great questions, you know, great things to that the real eliminate. questions. Yeah, eliminate the junk breedings and um people would eat them alive. Eat you alive. And then I noticed once the pandemic happened, now even to date, if someone goes into those same groups where you would typically be eaten alive and post a litter of Junk dogs. I, mean, I shouldn't say junk dogs. That's not fair. But something that doesn't have a pedigree, something that doesn't have health testing and stuff like that. Yeah, unregistered. Yep. People just fork over the money. Yeah, they're like, where are you located? Yep. But if you post a litter for sale from some very prestigious breeders, you know, and, right. and I'm, I consider myself a beginner. So, um, some people that have really, really, really proven dogs with great pedigrees and everything else, people go, that's too much. Yeah. But you're going to go buy something that has, you know, that might have bad hips and elbows right out of the, right. out of the womb. Yeah. You know? And you don't even know. Yeah. Throw, you know, 650 at that dog, you know, which is probably not even a thing anymore. I think people pay like 800 bucks for a, a junk dog. That, right. Maybe yeah. not even registered, you know. Yeah. So, um, there's no such thing as a junk dog, just so people hear that and understand. But there's, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? It's it's frustrating. So I can see how the pandemic took a toll on that market as well, you know, or yeah, on that world. It's 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 interesting. So how do I how do we start over and redeliver? The things that are I'm still passionate about, right. but I'm not handing over this thing to the children. You know? Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll see. We'll see what it turns out to be. It doesn't have to be anything. I could retire from my job at a decent age and make plenty of money doing that. Yeah. But it's not for me, you know. Right. So, um, so far the kid Tripper's taking the most interest, and he's he does a good job with it. You know, he's still getting. I'll brag about him a little bit. He's, I, I looked at his grades today, and he, he's getting straight A's, and he plays football, and he comes home and trains his dog. He does his chores, and he's just easy. Yeah. You know? He's like the easiest kid ever. It's a well-bred um, kid. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> uh, So... Uh, and and, and my, my other kids are, I mean, they're great too. They just haven't taken to the the business as much as he has. Right. You know? Yeah. So um, their their interests are where most teenage kids' interests are. Right. Because they're just like, oh, you're into this? You know, yeah. perfect. You yeah. want to help with the dogs? Perfect. You know? Right. Some of it's by his own accord and some of it's by default. Like, okay, I don't have anybody help me. You're helping today. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, oh, God. <laughs> You know, it's the old uh, you hold the flashlight for dad type of situation. Oh, he's working on a car, yeah, (laughs) but it's just dogs with you instead, dogs or or whatever else. You know, uh, Dakota 
Dakota actually likes the photography side of it a little bit, you know. Okay. Um, we go out there and we're hunting, and and I'm busy running the dogs. And he'll pick up the camera on his own. Like, can I take pictures? Yeah. Go for it, you know. And he's gotten some really good pictures, you know. Uh, there's a picture of of me um, receiving deeks back from a from a retrieve in a field, and so you can see this. It's early in the morning, so you can see the sky. And I'm almost a silhouette. Deeks is almost a silhouette, and he's just sitting next to me, and I'm looking down at him. And Dakota took that picture, you know. So, and it's, it's crazy. a little grainy because of the the lighting, but it's one of my favorite pictures because I know the story behind it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know he picked up the camera and he took that picture, you know. And he was, I want to say, thirteen, maybe fourteen years old, you know. And it's crazy. And I love it, you know. So. I think it's one of those things, too, that, like, he sees the amount of, like, engagement in your guys' pictures and, like, the effort that you put into them. And, like, that that goes a long way, I think, especially when you're molding kids at, like, a teenage age, you know. I hope I hope that's the case. He's he's a social media junkie anyway, because he's a he's a little gamer. You know, got it. Yeah. So he really likes, and he's retarded to get at it, you know, but he's, uh, <laughs> he likes the engagement that he gets from that, you know? Yeah. So it's like, dude, you, you can do this stuff. And I, yeah. I think one of our TikTok videos had like, I'm not good at TikTok. I'm, I'm too old for that crap, but I'm still learning it. <laughs> and it had like 200,000 viewings, you know? He's like, oh my God, dude, that thing's viral. Yeah. Like, it's a video <laughs> right yeah yeah it doesn't make as much sense to you you're just like and no, eh, whatever yeah what happened was somebody overseas did or shared it or something and maybe then, then okay. it boomed i don't, I don't know yeah. i don't know what happened i couldn't tell you hit the algorithm <laughs> just right and it just went off exactly that's all it so, needs it just needs a little yep. bit of algorithm to ride it and you're good to go yeah how do you get that every time it's me I don't even you. care, you know. I just I want to put our world out there for everybody else to see, and maybe they can yeah. jump on board. Maybe they can't, you know. Right. So, uh, you know, if you, if you put that into perspective from where we started the business, um, if I touch one kid's life a year, you right. know, we're making progress. Yeah. So if one kid goes, oh, we can do it this way. And we can have a positive impact on other people's lives and we can yeah. have a positive impact on the industry. If I can do that to one kid a year, I've made an impact. Yeah. You know. So I'll start with that. Yeah. And then luckily, you know, through through all this, through this thing called Deeks Waterfowl and the partnerships we've made and the, the friends we've made, you know, we've been able to meet people like you and like Nick and like uh you know Andrew and everybody else that has said, I think that's cool. I want to be part of that, you yep. know. Um, and I know I didn't mention everybody on the team, but there's some. Let me say this: if you're not a great person, you're not on the team, right. you know. And I have no room for anything in between or anything other than what is awesome, you know. Um, if you're not part of the big picture, you're not a part of it at all. Right. I just really want to change the industry so much that if you can't get part of it, get on board with being part of the process that you're not part of the team, you know? Yeah. So 
luckily I've been able, we've been able to bring in the right people. And even when it's shit, it's been slow since COVID hit, you know. Yeah. And you know, the guys that are part of the team are friends. You know. Yeah. You're a friend. Nick's a friend. Paul's a friend. Jacob's a friend. You know. Yeah. All these guys are friends, and it became, you know, something that oh, you're part of the industry to. I tr- I make that three hour drive to Jacob's 40th birthday just so I can right. be there as his friend. You know, yeah. it's, it's no longer no longer a business thing. Yeah, it's it's something special. Yeah, and I believe it. I believe it too. Just seeing it firsthand, like it's you've created something special, but it's also like become such a cool networking thing. Like I talked to Dalton, and they're down in Mississippi. Like. It's just like, you know what I mean? It's, oh, he's hysterical. But like, you're on the West Coast. Like, I'm in Ohio. You know, there's just like, we're everywhere. But it's cool Mm -hmm. to like, be able to connect with people that are like-minded, that like you said, are trying their best to like, incorporate positivity into the sport, where there really just has become a like massive decline in positivity like everybody is at each other's throats for no reason whatsoever it's just everybody has to be the best for no reason and i don't like that like i i try like you said if there's one person that i can help any at any point like i'm always gonna help that person there's people that i don't have a huge following by any means but like my videos reach people or like my photos reach people and they'll reach out to me and they ask me questions they ask me about diver hunting they ask me about photography they ask me about making videos or whatever there's no reason for me to be a jerk to them so i'm not going to be right but there's just that that much yeah yeah like there's definitely people that it's warranted to but at the same time like instead of me like clapping back at them i just don't say anything i'm just like you know what like that's not even worth my time my silence is going to be more detrimental to this person than anything else like then it's just going to become a a you know name calling you know whatever like i i just don't need it in my life i don't need the stress so so like yeah it's just going to keep yeah it's just going to keep going and nobody wins so it's just like if i just don't say anything to you then you're just not that important to me so it's it's become a really really tough thing for waterfowl and it's really unfortunate but it's great that there's people like you that have influence there's people that have just as much if not more influence they're also trying to incorporate that but then there's also just the internet and it's just going to be tough to battle the internet yeah it'll always be tough to battle the internet until there's a lot more people that think like us that are afraid to say it. You know what I mean? There's a lot Absolutely. more people out there that are like, man, I'm tired of this crap. I'm tired. Of, you know, and, and the, it's funny because those guys that are out there that have the loudest voice are nobody. You know what I mean? Right. They're, they're, and, and as far as I'm concerned or anybody that is probably in my circle, you know, the, the louder you squeal, you know, less of a person you are really you know right yeah keep keep mocking because i'm not listening to it nobody (laughs) really cares you know right um the guys that are really that i really look up to in the industry 
don't see anything at all. You know, right. they're, they're just, they're just producing, you know, yep. they're just those guys that are getting it, you know, yeah. it's like, man, I like that, you know, yeah. and most of them are really positive people. Like, yeah, if you're so busy worried about what other people are doing, you're not even putting your effort in the right place anyway. Right. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. um, instead of worrying about what everybody else is doing on social media and getting in those forums and picking on people, yeah. How about you put a little effort into what you're doing, you know? Right. How about you put a little effort? Why don't you put your money where your mouth, or put your mouth where your, I don't know, wherever it is, you know, but <laughs> they're, they're good at using their mouth and not their brain. Yeah. Um, put that to work in a positive manner and see right. what comes of it. You know what I mean? See what see what kind of light you shine on people then. It's, it's right. a different world when you quit being a selfish prick, you yeah. know? And, and absolutely some other people first so yeah or a goal first or a common interest first yeah put something first besides your own ego and see what yeah. comes out of it that's it's the, it's the ego the ego yeah. is the biggest thing and like when you you know we've through this you know photography just this network we've met some some people in the industry are like companies, people of companies that they're the nicest people. Like mm-hmm. you meet people that are running these companies or like higher ups in these companies. And like waterfall itself isn't a huge industry as it is, but like they're rarely jerks to you. No, they're good people. Exactly. Yeah. I've met I've met some of the most successful people in my life guiding upland hunts and guiding waterfowl hunts that you would never know just how big they are you right know? because they don't even tell you somebody yeah. else in the group has to say something you know uh, <laughs> like you know I've this got, guy is blah 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 yeah yeah I've, I've got a client that's accomplished some great things and i never knew it the first two years i hunted with them so like the third year we all went out to dinner and i said man what do you what do you even do you know yeah. i'm with you three or four times and i don't even know what you do you know and, and then his buddy's like well he's pretty special don't you know who he is you know like, no <laughs> tell me about it because he's not saying anything right and, yeah and, and then once the conversation started that guy and i'm not gonna mention any names or anything like that is just he's so modest he's like oh stop you know no it's, right it's no big deal i just get you know whatever yeah. And it's like, holy crap. Yeah. You're a wizard. You know, you're an amazing. <laughs> you know, what you've done in your life is huge. Right. But you've never even talked about it. Exactly. Know? Now, I've, I've hunted with you four or five times and you've never said a dang word. It's know? crazy. So, so those are the people that you want to be around. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, to close out the podcast, I always ask some somebody this question, and I don't know if you know if it's coming or not, but if you could pick up another hobby what would you pick up yeah too many hobbies it's fitting um <laughs> golly that is a tough question i i think if i could pick up one hobby right now and, uh, and it's not even picking up it's just going back to it i'd go back to doing some big game hunting okay um, just because of the memories that I have yeah. with, with, you know, um, my stepdad who's taught me how to hunt from ground zero all the way up, 
you know, and taught me some of the old school beliefs that I still firmly believe in and some of the stuff that our company's built around, you know. Yeah. Um, those were all founded because he was never a waterfowl hunter ever, you know. He just didn't like it. But those were all built and ingrained into me from him from hunting big game and from some upward hunting, you know, but never waterfowl. It's just waterfowl was my own passion. Yeah. So um, if I could go back to picking up a hobby or starting a hobby, it would be that. And just because of all that's that's deep inside me and deep inside my heart yeah. from where I came up, uh, that's where I would go. And I would, you know, Tripper wants the big game hunt. Dakota wants the big game hunt. I just, I just don't have the passion for it like I used to. I, right. I don't have the time for it. Right. Yeah. Full time job, business, dogs, kids. You know, you just you don't have the time. Right. So if I could pick up one more hobby, it'd be I'd go back to big game hunting and I'd pick up the bow and arrow and teach them the way I was taught. You know. Any that specific be, game? Uh, elk. I was gonna ask, yeah, because I the one time that I've been out to that area was the only time I've ever seen elk in person, and it was wild. They're they're an impressive species. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, dude, I really appreciate you coming on. Anything you want to plug while you're here? As far as anything I want to plug, things out at uh, Horseshoe Curb hunt club this year if people want to follow along okay. i'll try and keep up with our the stuff that we're doing out there with uh on the deeks page and yeah um i don't know i think i'm gonna plug anything i i want people to follow because it's it's uh it resonates with them so yeah you know if they want to follow along based off of this and based off of what they've seen in the past or what they hope to see in the future please follow along if they don't then they don't you know awesome yeah well i appreciate you coming on man thank you very much Thanks for having me, buddy. It's good to talk to you. Absolutely.